Well, hello everybody. So, you guys are probably surprised to see me up here, just as surprised as I am to be sitting in front of you. <laughs> uh, so, Rory's taking a little bit of time off just to be with his new baby, and he's asked several of us to uh, teach. So, tonight's my turn. We'll be teaching in Psalm 49, the whole thing. Okay, I'm reading out of the King James Version, and I studied the King James and also the English Standard, so there'll be a little bit of both thrown in there for you. <laughs> um, it says, The Confidence of the Foolish is the title. To the Chief Musician, a Psalm of the Sons of Korah. Hear this, all peoples. Give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall give understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will disclose my dark saying upon the harp. Why should I fear in the days of evil when the iniquity at my heels surrounds me? Those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their souls is costly and it shall cease forever that he should continue to live eternally and not see the pit. For he sees wise men die, likewise the fool and the senseless person perish, and leave their wealth to others. The inner thought is that their houses will last forever, their dwelling places to all generations, they call their lands after their own names. Nevertheless, man, though in honor, does not remain. He is like the beasts that perish. This is the way of those who are foolish, and of their posterity, who approve their sayings. Like sheep they are laid in the grave. Selah. Death shall feed on them. The upright shall have dominion over them in the morning, and their beauty shall be consumed in the grave far from their dwelling. But God will redeem excuse me, but God will redeem my soul for the power of from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. Do not be afraid when one becomes rich, Selah. When the glory of his house is increased, for, he, for when he dies he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him, though while he lives he blesses himself. For men will praise you when you do well for yourself. He shall go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see light. A man who is in honor yet does not understand is like the beasts that perish. And Lord, just as we get into your word, it's just my, my desire that this word would just be for everybody here, Lord. It was just, the study was just like it was just for me, but I know it's not just for me, Lord. And I just ask that you bless it, bless this time together. Uh, just send an extra dose of the Holy Spirit to keep my anxious personality at bay. And just thank you for everything you do for us every day. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, as I was studying this, my prayer was that it would be for more than third grade. <laughs> that you guys would be able to understand it a little bit better. Um, and the whole iPad thing is kind of new to me. Rory kind of threw that my way. I'm the paper guy, and I brought both just in case. <laughs> um, so, we can see that it's titled, The Confidence of the Foolish. 
And the psalm is just, it's full of wisdom and things that we can use today. Um, it says, to the chief musicians, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Um, we can see a lot of things going on in the psalm, but the message is pretty clear that, you know, we're all going to die. We don't have a choice in that matter. Um, but we shouldn't focus on things of the world like, like money or our house or our car or, you know, things that are fleeting. Um, we should be focusing all our effort to spending eternity with God. Um, so in the first four verses, um, we can see the psalmist call to all people, whether high class or low, rich or poor, it doesn't matter. The text doesn't say Jew or Gentile. It says all inhabitants of the world. So it's like a shout out to everybody. It doesn't mean just us in Prineville. It's for everybody in the world. Um, so everybody needs to know this. Um, I also think when I was studying it, I think it's it's just wisdom for for us now, just as it was for them that they were speaking to then. You know, th this message is like it's for everybody of any time zone, any time, past, present, future. Um, another thing I thought that was kind of interesting was, as I was studying, I kind of was just kind of flipping through the Psalms, and not all of them are set to music. And I thought that was kind of kind of interesting. So I I started kind of thinking about. You know, when we hear music, if you're walking through the park and you hear music, you're going to go over and watch just to see. So I think, I think a lot of the way we remember things, especially since I'm with the kids a lot, a lot of the way they remember things is with music. You know, you, you teach them the song of learning the books of the Bible and they know the books of the Bible by the song. If you ask them to say it, most of them can't just say it. They have to sing it. So it's interesting that it's, it's to us a, a tune. Um. So I think the theme of the psalm is that foolish people trust their wealth and some continue to do so today. In verses 5 through 12, it shows you can't buy your way out of death. I mean, there's a lot of rich people that try, but there's, there's really no way you're going to buy yourself out of death. And no matter how much money you have, you can't take it with you when you die. Um, so I'll just read verse 5 through 7. It says, Why should I fear... In the days of evil, when the iniquity at my heels surrounds me. Those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. Verse 7 kind of struck me, too. I, I did cross-references, and first time I ever really got a whole bunch of stuff open on a computer all at one time. Um, but it was interesting that, there's a lot of things you can buy with your money, but the one thing you can't buy is salvation. No family member can redeem your soul. There's only one way for your soul to be redeemed. And no amount of money is worth anything to God. You could be a bazillionaire, and that money means absolutely nothing to the Lord. Um, so let's look in Matthew 20, verse 28. It says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus gave his life for us that we can live in heaven forever. He didn't give his money. He didn't give his carpentry skills. He gave his life. That was the part I figured I would start crying at. And my eyes kind of welled up for a second. So <laughs> um, in verse 8, you know, it says, For the redemption of their souls is costly doesn't mean money 
you know, money has nothing to do with your soul. Um, our money can buy us a lot of things. It can buy happiness for a season. It can buy a big house. It can buy a fancy sports car. It can buy a fast horse. <laughs> uh, but we're putting our, our hope in things that don't last. Um, you, hear, you hear a lot of people say that money is the root of all evil. And that's not actually what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. It says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, not the love of money. A lot of people put their faith in their money. It's not good. Um, being wealthy in itself is not evil or wicked unless it corrupts who you are and the way you live. It's not from having nice cars, nice houses, you know, nice things. God wants us to have those things. It's, it's coming from the being consumed by getting bigger things and better things and better stuff. Um, like you're being possessed by your possessions. Verse 9. Um, I'll just read 9 and 10 together. Um, that he should continue to live eternally and not see the pit. For he sees wise men die, likewise the fool and the senseless person perish and leave their wealth to others. So in that, we can see that money and wealthy living is always going to fail. It's always going to let you down. You know, it's, it's just going to. There's nothing, nothing about money. If you put your hope in it, it's going to be good. Um, verse 7 says, None of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him, no matter how much money or material possessions you have. And now verse 11, this one kind of really spoke to me too. It says, the inner, the inner thought is that their house will last forever. We all know that's not true. Those of us who went to Nepal saw a lot of houses that aren't there anymore. Um, they're dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. Um... We can see that everywhere. Just the first one that popped in my head was Trump. We see him boasting of his money with Trump Towers. Like, look what I built. I named this huge building after me, and my money built this, and it's going to have my name forever. Um, there's examples in Prineville, too. I Just a quick drive through town where the neat repeat is, is the Morse building. Who this guy is, I couldn't tell you, but the building was built in, I think, 1914 or something like that. The building's there. The family have never even heard the name before. Um, there's the Haynes Building by McDonald's. You know, it's got a big, it says the Haynes Building right on the top. Um, it's like a trophy to yourself. Like, look what I've created with my money. And it's, it's just, it's just, it's not going to be there forever. Um, if the world can give it, the world can take it away just as fast. Um, we need look no further than the earthquakes in Nepal. Um, here's a, a cool quote I found. Um, by a guy named Warren Wiersbe. He's got a really cool commentary. If you've never read it, it's a really good one. Um, and I just thought it fit perfect in, in my study. It says, um, it's good to have the things that money can buy if we don't lose what money can't. And that just like, I'm crying. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, how true is that? Um, so verse 12, I'll go from like 12 to 14 now. Nevertheless, man, though in honor, does not remain. He is like the beasts that perish. 
This is the way of those who are foolish and of their posterity who approve their sayings. Selah. That was something, you know, I've read that a hundred times and I didn't know what it meant. So I had to, had to look it up. And uh, Selah means to pause and think about what you just read. So this is the way of those who are foolish and of their posterity who approve their sayings. Pause and think about that. Verse 14. Like sheep they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them. The upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. And their beauty shall be consumed in the grave, far from their dwelling. Um, I did a lot of, lot of praying over, over just those three verses. And it was, I read a lot of different commentaries. And I listened to three different messages on Psalm 49. And this is just kind of what I got out of it. It says, we see, we see a lot of wealthy people getting plastic surgery, staying up late at night, buying the magic potion on the infomercials that'll try to prolong their youth and their life. But guess what? Time will catch them and they will die. Again, this is William Wearsby explains in his commentary. This is a quote. It says, Whether you are rich or poor, wise or foolish, you leave everything behind. Many wealthy people think they will go on forever and enjoy their houses and lands only to discover that death levels the playing field. After death, the rich and the poor stand equal before God. The rich may call their lands and buildings after their own names, but the names engraved on the stones will outlast the owners. The phrase, he is like the beasts that perish in verse 12, doesn't mean that humans are on the same level as animals, but only that both face ultimate death and decay. And in uh, the English Standard Version, it says Sheol, and I've had to look that one up too. Um, in, the, in Hebrew, it, that means grave or the abode of the dead. But here in verse 15, this is where it gets good. <laughs> verse 15, But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. Selah. Let's pause and consider. We can see in Romans 5, verse 8, it tells us, uh, God demonstrates his own love toward us and that we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Also in Ephesians 2, uh, verses 4 and 5, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespass, made us alive together with Christ. By grace we have been saved. as I was reading it it just it it's and it took me a long time to find it <laughs> so um, I didn't write it in my notes where it is but it's uh, it's in 2nd Timothy where Paul's talking about his death and it says uh, in verse 6 I think it's verse chapter 4 verse 6 it says for I am ready being poured out as a drink offering at the time of and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. When I got home from work today, I was just kind of going back over my notes and... Uh, 
I know some of you have seen it before. Francis Chan, years and years ago, uh, did a sermon on loving the things of the world. And he used a pretty cool analogy. So I brought a rope. <laughs> so if anybody's ever seen it, you get to see it again. If you haven't, it's kind of cool. And I'm going to have to have a helper. So you're in the right spot. <laughs> I just need you to hold the end. It just has to reach to me. So basi- basically the way Francis Chan described it is I don't know if any of you, all you can see it, but there's a piece of duct tape right here. It's about an inch wide. This is, this is our life now. This is the life we're living. You know, in, in between here, we're going to be born and we're going to die. And it's that in between there on this earth that's going to give you the rest of this. <laughs> eternity, you know, this is, this is life. This is eternity. How are we going to live? Are we going to live for our money? Just this little bit of time? Or are we going to live for the Lord and live with Jesus for the rest of our life? So that's just kind of it in a nutshell. And I thought, what a great analogy. And it just, it wasn't part of my original study. And when I read back through it, it was just the Lord showed me, hey, that fits perfect with this. So thank you, Francis Chan and the Holy Spirit for showing me that. <laughs> um, so we're in verse 16. I'll, I'm going to read from 16 to the end. Um, Do not be afraid when one becomes rich. When the glory of his house is increased. For when he dies, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lives, he blesses himself. For men will praise you when you do well for yourself. He shall shall go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see light. A man who is in honor yet does not understand is like the beast that perish. So really, we have nothing to worry about. You know, we we have a redeemer in Jesus. We don't need to covet our neighbors. We don't need to cover our covet our friends' wealth. And when we turn our iPad, it starts back at the beginning. Um, we need to share our wealth, our gift of Jesus, with our friends and neighbors instead of coveting their wealth. He's way better than anything their money can buy. Um, and in closing. This is way shorter than I thought it was going to be, too. Um, In closing, in in Job um, chapter 1, verse 21, it just kind of says everything to me. It says, um, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So 